0: All right, we are live. Welcome to the Attention Recession podcast. I'm here with Nicola, and Hello. we kind of have come together to share our love and wisdom on so many things. And I feel like we have such a dense Venn diagram of our collided interests. And I love talking about things with you and unpacking. Unpacking everything that's going on in media and pop culture and social media and these weird internet trends that are always going on that make no sense to most people, and yeah, we just kind of want to wanted to provide a space for that. So, put it in the world, exactly. Yeah,
1: Jaz and I are. I don't know. I think maybe when I first met you, I thought we were kind of like different, but now I think. We're not so different um, maybe partially because you were so blonde and now you're not so blonde it makes a difference
0: that that is a completely valid point in a very different era so we actually met because we worked together and I was the resident tiktoker and she was the copywriter um, can I make yeah. it any more obvious um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah I was the tiktoker I can definitely find that difficult to see if you know, this new person coming on to make these insane videos um, would be anyone that could be friends with, which kind of intros into one of our topics today. We're going to be talking about a couple different things, but we will touch on influencers and if they are crazy narcissists yeah. or not. But,
1: but I also have always like, okay, if I had to like typify myself, like I am Brunette Bang's like art class girl. <laughs> Like, that's just like Dekay what it Johnson. is, you know? <laughs> and like, I just, no, that's even too mainstream. I'm like a little <laughs> alt, like, whatever. Or that's an identity I've held for a long time of releasing. Sure. And, but I have always really gotten along with like, like bubbly blonde normal, like girls who are kind of like the opposite of me. Mm-hmm. Like, there's something to like when someone's different. I don't know. Like, I, I've yeah. had many clicks with women who are maybe not who you would think surface level would be my friend. So I was kind of like, it didn't surprise me that we clicked, but we definitely felt like at that job, like we were just a bit strange. Like, (laughs) and (laughs) And everyone knew it, including us. (laughs) Just like that thing where it's just like, Oh God, neither of us are in the right place and everyone knows we're not in the right place. And I don't think either of us are in the right place right now either, but maybe this pod will help us get somewhere better. Anyway. But, um, but you know what?
0: We're here to get, we're here together and that's yeah. what matters. But
1: know? yeah, but all that to say that I think like, yeah, when we talk about the topics we do, it's like we both are pulling from pretty different, like um, past influences and interests and perspectives mm-hmm. and things that we read. And I think that's why we get a lot out of each other is because where we have our own um like logs of data that don't necessarily mm-hmm. overlap and there's yes. so much I was even telling a friend yesterday because I was saying like because we're I have a decent age gap like five seven years eight years
0: oh something. my god
1: but I was saying to my friend I was like I don't think of jazz as like young like I don't think of her as like mm. she's younger than me and like whatever i was like she has i don't know she has there's wisdom like jazz has wisdom there's something but also like okay we'll just get into it i was like also i know that when you're someone who's like been through some stuff you yes. just kind of find other people who have been through some stuff and it's just yeah, like absolutely ooh, ooh you got wounds i got wounds like <laughs> you've been working Picking on it together, i've been working yeah. on it yeah and then i think Maybe that's also why it's kind of hard to just, like, fit in with, like, people who mm. maybe just, I don't know, it's been easy so far. Whatever. Yeah, Sorry. Ah, even, getting too yeah. deep. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I'm, I'm so with it. Like, also, even just the ability to get vulnerable. I feel like I also noticed that with both of us pretty yeah. upfront. Like, if someone's like, how are you? We're going to be like, I'm having a shitty morning.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And this is what's happening. But for so there's just some people are not willing to kind of go there on a surface level basis. And so I do find that like the people who are willing to open up in that way, find each other because we're like, okay, we can be real. Like I have to say, Nicole is one of the only people that I don't feel this like exhaustion after hanging out with. And mm-hmm. that is only reserved with like my closest friends, because I do feel like with other people, I have to like, be a certain way around and like mask and just kind of like I don't know have that kind of energy with but like with you I I feel very chill and I can be myself and say what's on my mind and that you're going to understand me and like that is very cool you know
1: yeah well okay enough jerking ourselves off (laughs) (laughs) I know like I'm gonna cry but yeah well another thing I guess that's interesting is that um I'm in New York and jazz is in LA. So we also have a little yes. bi-coastal perspective going on, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's going to come up a little bit later today. Cause we are going to touch on the Balenciaga runway show that just happened in LA and the phenom of Erewhon and Erewhon posting and why it bothers me so much, <laughs> even though I like Erewhon, it's, like it's not, yes, it's not Erewhon. It's, it's a posting. lot. It's a lot
0: to unpack and I'm looking forward to it.
1: <laughs> yeah. But yeah, the pod is just about, I guess the name Attention Recession, that's my um, TikTok name. And I think I got it from reading some article. I just thought it was a good, because whatever, we live in this world where there's so much um, demand for our attention on different things so that we have, I like that concept. I mean, we're in a financial recession too and- um <laughs> the idea that we just don't have as much attention currency to pay. I don't know. Attention budget. I don't know. Um, mm. So we're going to talk about, yeah, all the technology and social media and influence and power and money and canceling and viral and what all these things mean and how they affect us like mm. on a physical level, spiritual level, emotional level. And yeah, Ways that we can kind of like zoom out from whatever the current like little crisis is online and maybe find a little bit more meaning or depth or something to take away to stay sane and thrive in this world. <laughs> Huge that promise. That was the
0: most beautiful <laughs> summarization I've ever heard. And I'm so, I'm like subscribed. I love this <laughs> podcast already. Um.
1: Oh my God. I hope people <laughs> aren't like. my niche. Yeah. They're like, these girls are so full of themselves. Well, stick with us. Hopefully, you'll like what we have to say.
0: <laughs> we're we're an acquired taste, as always. And yeah. you know, again, the girls that get it, get it. Um, so yeah, we're we're gonna be diving into a couple different topics. Um, our main topic today will be Erwan as a whole and the history of it and what it means today. Because if you not only live in LA. Everyone, I think, around the country is so deeply aware of its presence because of social media and TikTok, etc. So, yeah, we'll be diving into that. Um, but our first topic today, we're going to be talking about dopamine and phone addiction and, you know, especially with the attention recession of it all. Because um, for me, attention recession also means – on like a personal level, like suffering from lack of attention and like, Oh, feeling very deprived of it. And I feel like Mm. that's a big cultural thing is that there, it feels like there's not enough attention to go around. um, Interesting. And we're all personally like starving and like turning to our phone and technology to feed that. So, Yeah, Nicola and I have been talking a lot recently about managing our dopamine and phone addiction and all of these things. And um, it's just been kind of an ongoing topic. Nicola has taken a little bit more of a radical approach to managing screen time, which I I want to hear more about how that's going.
1: Yeah, I mean, this has been a many years long thing for me. Like I'm someone who like is completely entranced by and has gone through periods of, like, trying to, like, really log off. Like, um, most recently this summer, I took two months off of social media. Like, I've gone through periods where I've, like, really downgraded to having, like, kind of, like, the shittiest smartphone possible with, like, the least features and, like, the fewest apps. And, like, I don't know, just trying to be the most in the material world as possible and um yeah I guess it's kind of like self-experimentation a little bit um and it does just feel so much better but then there is this weird pull because you don't want to feel like you were like cutting yourself off from people because oh my god another hot topic I think we'll talk about all the time quote is the internet real life or not yes it is internet is real mm. it is an extension of <laughs> our reality i don't understand it anyone is. who would say it's not real but
0: it is an eyelash extension of yes.
1: reality. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like a, a huge way that we stay in touch with people and communicate and get true like joy and like make real friendships real relationships you know um and have meaning and find information we do our banking on there like you know what I mean like what do you mean it's not real like everything happens Mm. on the internet but sorry I am sidebarring but um yeah so I don't know I also like I just I just try to like do things to like not be screen addicted and I don't know 100% where it comes from but I also just feel like my phone, I don't know, like the apps are just not that addictive lately. They're like not good.
0: Mm, it's it's flopping lately. They're yeah, flopping. I, I go back and forth. I So I do TikTok marketing for a living. And so that, and I've done social media marketing for a living for quite a while now. And so I've always told myself that like, oh, it's my job to be on my phone all the time. Mm-hmm. And in some ways that is true. Like I do need to know, all the trends what's going on be like the first person to report what's going on so I can you know talk to my clients and be like this is what you should be doing and you know be that Mm -hmm. expert on it but I have absolutely let that get so out of hand to the point where I was and have recently been feeling a lot of like this dopamine like depression if I So much as go on my phone in the morning and like go on something that's very like an exciting platform like TikTok Mm -hmm. where there's a lot of information, there's a lot of dopamine going on. And basically what happens is that your brain in the morning, if you're starting off on very high dopamine, your brain is going to want to keep up that level of dopamine the rest of the day. But the truth is like the reason we get dopamine is from completing a task and it's kind of our like our brain and body's way of rewarding us for getting up and being alive and taking care of ourselves and getting food and sunshine and whatever. So because of social media, that's been very much hijacked. And so now we're getting these like task completions from finishing a TikTok rather than getting up and like taking a shower or making ourselves breakfast. Yeah. And so, this is, I think, a huge thing that a lot of people are talking about, but also not really. I think I've also noticed a renaissance of people being like, I am going to go on my phone first thing in the morning because I want to. And that's, mm. bleh, you know, and I'm like, I get that kind of resistance to this maybe wellness. Yeah. Aspect of like no phones first thing in the morning. Like I feel like I personally see that a lot with like the very like hippie kind of Air One community. Yeah. But not even honestly, I feel like the Air One market is very on their online. But yeah. Yeah. And anyway, so I've just been exploring the notion of like how can I like be the most happy and productive and not be chasing like a high all day because I decided to watch tiktok videos or whatever first thing in the morning so Mm -hmm. it's just a very interesting thing that we kind of have to think about um
1: yeah my version of that is like i used to do a lot more culture writing um Mm -hmm. and i also felt like i needed to know everything like to be on top of everything, know everything that's going on so that my work would be the most informed, you know? And Mm -hmm. that was a hard tension for me because I didn't like being plugged in all the time. Like I didn't like feelings of jealousy, like, Oh, wish I'd written that or like, Oh, they're at that event. I want an invite to that. Or, you know what I mean? Like, Oh, it's so, Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm getting like a physical sensation in my chest. I, I hate, Feeling that way, it's so gross. Like, uh, and it like betrays all that is good in my life, you know? And there is so much that is good. And it's just like, I don't know, it's gross. It probably shortens your life expectancy, like, like, (laughs) which I think the American life expectancy is down for the first time, like in all of history, basically. Um, Whoa. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not surprised,
0: to be honest.
1: (laughs) I saw some chart, but I didn't look at it very closely. But, um, Yeah, we have to be warriors against this society (laughs) that we live in. Um, But I feel, too, like with the looking at the phone first thing in the morning, like I, especially lately, have been really, really precious about falling asleep and waking up and like that period of time of consciousness where you're in between like being fully awake, alert, doing things, being fully asleep, hopefully dreaming, like, being somewhere else you know and like that time in between is so cool like to just let your mind wander and see where it goes and man i was in the sauna at equinox and there was a girl looking at her phone in the sauna and i was like girl put it down put is your phone not going to
0: melt and explode in there i know people do this and i'm just like what? But I can't also, even bring like, a water give yourself
1: 10 minutes to let your mind wander. Like, just let yourself have the freedom of, like, thinking without yeah. something in front of your – without something telling you what you should be thinking about based on the app mm. and what it's showing you. Like, let your own mind think its own fucking thoughts. You know, like,
0: yeah. I don't know. And also that like ruins your unplugging experience because now you're so aware of the phone and you're like, Oh, should I be on my phone? Should I check my text messages? What is going on? Oh my God, I have work tomorrow. Like it sends you down this like spiral just, and I think this is like such a common thing where like, if you're at dinner with friends and one person goes on their phone, everybody picks up their phone and goes on it. That's and it's why just I like, hate
1: QR code menus because it <laughs> brings the phone back to the table. And I'm like, can no. everyone put the phone in the purse? Let's eat them. Yeah. Okay. We can get one pick. That's fine. Get the pick of the food, put it away. Yeah. Let's talk, whatever. Like, yeah. Yeah.
0: <sighs> yeah. It's a lot. And it, what's interesting about this is I feel like, very similarly about plastic surgery, and like mm. that's can be a whole topic for another day, but for sure. I I made a TikTok like a year or two ago being like, what frustrates me the most is that just being a woman today with like how rampant like the plastic surgery is, for example, you don't get just get to exist. You kind of are sent on a path of like, do I do plastic surgery, Botox, filler, etc. Or do I not? Yeah. It is now like you're not exempt, you're not exempt from choosing. And that I definitely want to dive into that one day. Um, like the topic. <laughs> and maybe the plastic surgery, who knows? Yeah, we'll yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> that's ongoing in my brain. Um, but yeah, and I feel that same way about like phone usage. Like we no longer are able to opt out, we have to pick our route. And there's so many people doing different things. I don't know. And it's almost like the same with plastic surgery. If you choose to opt out, it feels very radical. It feels very like you're taking a stance when in reality it is the most natural course Yeah, to not be addicted to a piece of technology and also to like age naturally is like, is, is the most natural natural course, but Mm -hmm. it feels radical and subversive to do. And it's so weird you know I
1: don't know yeah no I've been noticing my own thoughts of plastic surgery Botox et cetera. how much they've changed in my lifetime and especially probably like the last five years because I'm for sure someone who is like oh I'd never get plastic surgery I would never get Botox or something like that that's for a different kind of person that's not for people like me Mm
0: -hmm. and it
1: just in the last five years or so it's become so normalized that I'm like Yes. Yeah, eventually. Not right now. I'm, I'm gonna wait till um, wait till it's. I'm really getting some signs of aging that are really bothering me, or something like. But I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. Shoot me up. I don't know. Whatever. It's a toxin. Botoxin. <laughs> like, <laughs> and I'm just yeah. like, whatever. I'm like, oh yeah. I, I, it's like so funny how we have our the things we choose. Where I'm like, this thing I eat has to be organic, but also put the botoxin right into the this one right here. <laughs> um it's
0: insane you bring that up also that is i think the perfect segue into talking about air because yeah. that is the most like dissonant part of los angeles there's this obsession with this like organic healthy toxin free food but then quite literally injecting toxins into yeah. your face in your yeah. skin which like your skin absorbs like more than orally if you were to take something like Mm -hmm. your skin absorbs so much so it's just like it's so funny it's like I think in that way maybe it was never about the organic or is it I don't know let's talk about it
1: yeah no I know it's yeah this all came like well where to even begin hold on I feel like I have to sneeze (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) okay bless you (laughs) <laughs> I'm wearing, like, a wool sweater or something, and I think it's giving me a little itchy. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, Erewhon, I first knew about Erewhon in, I think it was, like, 2014, 2015, from a L.A. fashion girly, also yoga, definitely, like, orthorexic um, mm. kind of person. And I went to the location that's, like, in it's like very like central LA it's like near I don't remember but I went and I was like wow this is I don't know I loved it I was like this is great I grew up with um health food and co-ops and that kind of thing my mom uh was like someone who was like born in the 50s came of age in the 70s mm. hippie shit and then raising kids in the 90s so like we were for sure eating like tofu and stuff and i thought it was mm. so weird and so embarrassing um but then everything that she was into yeah is so like she i remember her washing plastic straws to reuse them and i was like oh my god that's so fucking lame and then it's like we literally have plastic straw bands now like shout out to my mom who I will probably listen to this i'm like it's so funny. Yeah, everything. So all of this stuff kind of was like already in my kind of, I was already kind of interested in the idea of health food, I guess. I remember mm-hmm. when like Squirrel started and like Dimes yes. here in New York. And my friend called it um, health food for hot people. And basically what mm-hmm. she was saying is it's like, we have kind of taken the like hippiness out of it and it's getting kind of like a sexy new look and yeah that's kind of like the Erewhon thing and I guess it does come from I mean I think the desire for health food organic etc it for sure comes from wanting to like meet beauty standards of like clear skin low body fat um you know to I think there's definitely like a fear of aging, fear of death bit mixed into it where it's like, I want to preserve my body physically, but also like I want to stave away cancers and whatever I can do through what is like, seems to be an act of like goodness, you know? Um, And I don't think it's a bad thing. I think that food is like so powerful and it's, it's good for like health is wealth. Like people should like have access to and prioritize like eating healthy food. Um, <sighs> sorry, I'm going on so many tangents. I don't even know. I don't even know, but no, Jazz and I'm, I, <laughs> I'm with you. We actually met up at Erwan. I think maybe the first time we met in person, we met up there. And then oh my that's, God, did we? I think so. And then we also met up there to talk about our podcast because I was in L.A. a couple months ago. And we met up at the um, – mm-hmm. And, like, I, I, I love Erewhon, but I – this is actually a story in my relationship. I, I'm i with my boyfriend now. We live together, blah, 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 whole thing. But I stopped responding to him because he made an Erewhon joke, and I, like, didn't like it. I was like, that's stupid. He, said, <laughs> he was like <laughs> – we were talking on Tinder and his roommate had they are Canadian and she had gotten held at the border or something. And so she finally got back and they were having a bottle of orange wine, natural wine, you know, you know what kind of people mm-hmm. we are. And mm-hmm. he was like, Oh, it's got this kind of like, he was saying that it was like, had a lot of like sediment or something. And, it, and he was like, it looks like a um, turmeric shot from Erewhon and for some reason that just i was like oh who's this guy with his fucking orange wine talking about Erwan? like oh and so i stopped responding to him and then we matched again On that Hinge. is so funny i know and <laughs> it's like an ongoing thing and he's always because we we're like how did you meet and i'll I'll be like the apps and they're like which ones and then he's like well then he always tells a story and i'm always so embarrassed because i'm like i'm such a fucking bitch like just not just like i don't know like not responding for no reason
0: i'm dying <laughs> I mean, that's really how it is on the dating apps. Like someone will say, if you're in even the slightest bad mood, someone will say something and you're like, I literally never want to see your sorry face again. And yeah. You're like, I don't know who you are. You yeah. Know?
1: Yeah. So yeah, I don't know why I actually really wanted to do this topic because I wanted to get to the bottom of why it bothers me. Like, because Erawan itself doesn't bother mm. me, but content about it, like. Now, like once yes. TikTok discovered it, I was like, oh God, this is like, I hate it. I hate it. I don't know. Yes.
0: Well, it it's funny too, because so I've been in LA since 2018, I believe. Um, but I've been in the like greater LA area since like 2014. I lived in Long Beach. Um, and it's so funny because before TikTok, like people from different states and whatever, it would be like, oh, do you see celebrities? And like, they would always, that's the question you ask someone who lives in LA. Now people always ask, oh, do you go to Erwan? That is the first question they will ask me. And I'm like, that is insane the way this grocery store has branded itself. But mind you, I do eat Erwan pretty frequently and I do like it. And like, we can get into all of that. Once we kind of dive more into all of it. But it's it's just an interesting thing. Like I I too have a very upset reaction to seeing the content, but also I don't know. It's just I think if you live here, you're like it's not that deep. But yeah. it's
1: become kind of like a museum. I know. Now like New like, Yorkers, the way New Yorkers like possible. are like, Oh, I have to go to Erlot and get my eighteen dollar smoothie, pass it. It's like <laughs> it's i i hate i hate lack of originality too and it's just like i hate like it's like people have been doing this for like four years dude like get a new fucking bit you're not you're lame like i don't know like i i just like i have i'm such a snob in that way that i'm just like you need to be original like <laughs> you're yeah like, you're a sheep um I think,
0: I think that's also a symptom of like the chronically online. It's like, if I see the same joke twice, I'm yes. so over it. Yes. And it's, and like, but then I'll have my friends who are like not chronically online. Send me a, a reel. That's like a joke that I've seen like six times. I know. I'm like they actually like work a job that they're dedicated to and they're, they're not online constantly. And I'm just like, I get so annoyed seeing this repetitive joke. And I'm just like, no, I'm the problem. I am too online. Yeah. Um,
1: well, okay, yeah. so, so there was this big um, New York Magazine Erewhon cover story a couple of weeks ago. And honestly, when I first saw the link, I like threw my phone in the water. I was like, get <laughs> <can't>, like, <laughs> I was like, no. Like, I- <laughs> but I also was like, okay, this is the time. I'm going to read this and I'm going to unpack what it is that gives me, because I'm having a reaction. You know what I mean? I'm not neutral, I'm like incensed. Mm. And then just this morning, um, or like yesterday, I guess, but the pictures, looking at the pictures this morning, Balenciaga did a runway show in LA and featured Erewhon prominently within that. So I feel like, yeah, we have plenty to go on. But um, just some notes that I took um, from the article, Uh, so it's called Erewhon Secrets, and then the subhead In the 1960s two macrobiotic enthusiasts started a health food sect beloved by hippies now it's the most culty grocery grocer in LA Um one thing i loved about it is that Erewhon is an anagram for nowhere which i guess is like yeah. it comes from some satirical novel from like the 18 something or other that whatever it has a whole backstory but i was like oh my god that's so fucking good nowhere i love that it's that dystopian. makes me love it I know
0: yeah. It feels it makes it feel like this is even less real than it even began. You know what I mean? I like know. it already doesn't feel like a real place and now I'm like, oh it's I it's love nowhere. A, f-
1: a self fulfilling prophecy. Like No, literally. Like there are so many things I see where I'm just like, wow, you didn't know how – like words are so powerful. Like you didn't know what you were doing when you said that, but you made it happen. But the mm-hmm. article opens with – it's the store's tenth opening of the 10th location. It's in Pasadena. And there's a quote. The very first shopper, Kathleen O'Haron snagged her place at 5.30 a.m. and will have waited four and a half hours to get in. Why, I ask her. Great question. She says, content. And that I was yeah. like, oh, my God. I literally just like <laughs> clenched. I was like, that's a perfect jumping off point for us. Why? Content, not food, not health, not staving away cancer through eating organic, not, I need groceries, (laughs) not, oh, they actually have this one thing that they don't sell somewhere else. Content. So, Jazzy, you run that.
0: I mean, it's just because it, it makes sense. Who else would wait four hours in line for a grocery store and or health food. No one who is actually trying to eat said health food
1: is
0: is going to do that. So it's very much like, God, there's just such a toxic like content culture right now of wanting to be the first to report something. It really is like TBT journalism. Like I got a degree in journalism and it like reminds me all of this. Like we had a class and our professor's like is it better to be first or right? And we had like a whole talk We're like, I don't know. In some ways, like you do need to be right, but also the people who are first get the clout. That's the way content is kind of going now. So.
1: Wait, I just had a yeah, memory. It, it, Back in like 2013 on. or 2014, Whole Foods opened a location in Guanis, which is an area mm-hmm. of Brooklyn that is known for having like a really polluted toxic canal, basically no service like there basically just kind of like a nothing area and the fact that um, Whole Foods was opening there was like a really big deal because it meant you know the neighborhood's really really changing and <clears throat> I worked for this company mm-hmm. that had a shopping blog and eating eater eating blog and um curbed like a real estate blog. so it was kind of like for the company it was like this is sort of it's everything it's real estate. It's food and it's shopping. So I went to the opening celebration and like did like a live blog reporting from it as just kind of like stunt journalism. And mm-hmm. so now that I'm thinking back on that, and it was like it was a hilarious thing. They had like big scissors and like, but it was so campy compared to this. And they had like local purveyors, but I mean I think they had a little crowd there, but I think it was very much probably like vendors and I don't think it was like customers were were waiting there. Right. But, oh, my God, I have to find that article. It's washing over me now. Um, Oh, my God. But I I went for content, but I went for content for my job. But we definitely did it because it was funny. But it was funny because it reflected changing socioeconomics of New York City.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's so much on that also. Um, Yeah. Getting into the health of it all. But, yeah, I want to keep going on your – kind of breakdown so the the article kind of continues into the origin of Mm Erewhon and it's quite not shocking but it really is kind of a sweet story of how wholesome it is with the reason it began was like very much for these I think it was two people that started it right um
1: I was getting kind of I was getting a little like lost in like who was who exactly but it basically was like this japanese woman came to the u.s but she Mm -hmm. had some like there was some like guy who was kind of like a guru type guy and then she got married i don't know
0: yeah and truly like the origin was to be able to provide a place for like health food that someone who is so far on the health spectrum at the time of wanting extremely clean food, like no highly processed oils and things like that. Mm -hmm. And I think that is like part of the appeal that everyone still has to this day is that it eliminates that emotional labor that Americans have. If they're trying to be healthy on how to read the labels, figure out if something's good for you, et cetera, et cetera. Like, the beauty of walking into an airwan is that, you know, everything is made with like organic, like clean ingredients and you don't have to do the mental work to figure it out. You just walk in and like do your thing. Yeah, you which know? Was, and so, that was the
1: preposition of Whole yeah. Foods also. Like you yeah, can go that, there and you that know that, it. They, <laughs> that they had banned like XYZ different things and that they're, you know, anything yeah. that was in there met a certain level of quality and you didn't have to read the back of everything.
0: Yeah, isn't it crazy that Whole Foods now feels like a Ralphs? Like yeah. in comparison to Erewhon, it like really, I mean in LA, like when I'm in New York, it, like Whole Foods is like feels like an Erewhon whenever mm-hmm. I stumble across one, but yeah, it's it's changed like the echelon of grocery stores and like luxury grocery stores, which is crazy that that's even a concept to begin with. But
1: No, that's how I would see Erewhon. I was like this is um, this is a luxury department store, but instead of clothes, it's food.
0: Mm, that's yeah. how
1: I, like, see it. But so, one changed ownership in 2011. So, these people who started it in 1968 are clearly not the business oh masterminds goodness, behind it now. Well, the woman we wound up dying of cancer. Yeah. Stop. I know. Oh, that's horrible. And her, her kids started Peloton. That was, like, the... What? Kit, that's the kicker at the end of the article. Mm-hmm.
0: No way! Oh my god! I feel like <laughs> I feel tricked <laughs> in some ways. Not I know that I'm a Peloton user, but like that's a crazy. Family. I
1: as a writer, the process of reading this, I was enraged at the beginning of the article. I didn't, I didn't like. I don't like especially New York people talking shitty about wellness and health food, because I think there is a lot of fucking value and it annoys me yes. when uh, like, it just annoys me to belittle it, you know? But then by the yeah. end, I was like, okay, this woman, I was like, she won me over. Cause the kicker was good. But so Erwan changed change ownership in <laughs> 2011 from the macrobiotic health people to what the uh, writer says is quote, a business guy who had already made a fortune in food distribution and he basically wanted to change like the smell of the store cuz it smelled too like health foody and he wanted to change oh the name God. but a bunch of but too many customers liked the name so they kept the name and um she writes his insight was this people may want quote natural food but nature itself is inconsistent chaos from which they and their food have been delivered they do not want nature but its opposite civilization control and experience designed down to the inch they want custom millwork and imported glazed tile. They want color breaks in the vegetables, not lettuce, then spinach, but lettuce, then radish, then spinach, such that the radish pop hard against the sea of green. I have chills. <laughs> I know. I felt, so, I was like, I'm glad I read the article because I feel like it just, I'm like, thank, I, thank you for giving words to like, ah, wa- like, uh, thank you. I mean, totally. I mean, that.
0: Sentiment in itself speaks volumes to exactly what Erewhon is. Yeah. It is marketed as this closer to nature, but it in itself is so deeply not that because of its high level of like, yeah, this cleanliness, this hyper organization. If you've ever seen like the way they organize their produce, like they're talking about, it is picturesque. It's like almost not to be touched because it's so perfect. And that appeals to our little brains because like it would be so, I feel like it's almost comparable to like this versus going to like a farmer's market, a farmer's market. There's a lot more going on. It's very high stimulating. There's like vendors from all different types of farms and places. And you kind of have to know what you're doing to kind of navigate and like I don't know. It's it feels much more like real rooted in this like actual like farm to to table kind of energy.
1: OK, um, this was a airline, huge takeaway that yeah. I took from the article was that. Actually, let me just read one more chunk because this really gets at. Please, going? OK, uh, this is from the article. The prepared food is designed to appeal to a normal person or at least a normal influencer, which is to say the smoothies are as oversweetened and the kale salads as overdressed as their counterparts at a food court in Kansas city. This follows a pattern seen in natural food stores more broadly. When John Mackey started whole foods in 1980, 20% of the store was bulk foods. When he left less than 1% was people stopped cooking. He told me. And that's what it is. It's like basically. Wow. The gist of it is like, natural food has become about like snacking snackable packaged, pre-made ready to go it's not about going and shopping for like yeah um bulk quinoa and like Mm. uh organic unprocessed bulk tofu or you know what i mean it's about going and getting like yes deep fried buffalo cauliflower you know (laughs) like yeah and and your Haley bieber yeah smoothie with that has Mm. like probably 55 grams of sugar I don't know like a soda's worth of sugar you know like yeah
0: I mean I also can't help but make the connection back to like we are all so phone addicted and dopamine deprived that we are not interested in cooking anymore we yeah. want pre- easy food so that we can spend that time online and like Figuring out how we're going to become famous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's kind of, that's kind of the vibe. Like, yeah, there really is no, it's like to the point where I almost get confused. If I see someone in Iran with a shopping cart, like doing grocery shopping, mm-hmm. like that does not happen. Like you get like one-offs here and there, yeah. you get your hot bar, but like, you're not, yeah, you're not buying that bulk quinoa.
1: Usually, no. unless when
0: you're, you like, see that, in that top you're like,
1: event, you know, you're like, oh, that's an actually rich person because anyone yes. can spend $30, but not everyone can spend 300 you know? Yes. And I also saw recently
0: they have this, they started doing grocery delivery and yeah. you get free delivery. And that, so mind you, I have Instacart, which is mm-hmm. like similar, um, free delivery. You pay like a, a small yearly fee. And then you get free delivery on orders over $30. I'm like, that makes sense. You know, you get a couple things here and there, whatever. Erawan's minimum grocery delivery is
1: $150. That's what um, and Whole like, Foods is now through Amazon. And it used to be 30. Wow. Well, you can pay a $10 fee or it's $150. But because mm-hmm. I was living right near the Silver Lake Erawan, and I was going there a lot um, just to like work from the outside area and mm-hmm. there it's hilarious because there's this area where there's just a ton of like um mostly like armenian immigrant guys like hanging around waiting to pick up the orders and you just see the like class disparity like so obviously wow and there it's just like and you see you see the you see the the guys who are unloading the like stuff yeah. and then you see the guys who are waiting to pick up the stuff and then you see the people who work there and then you see the people who are buying there. And it's just like, you've got all the tiers, and it's all laid out so mm. transparently. Um, but yeah, it's a whole fucking ecosystem of um, uh, it's a whole economy. There's a whole economy going on. We're all playing yeah. our part at Erewhon.
0: Uh, and it's so unfortunate because like, I personally, I have to be very health minded because my health has been just like so difficult to deal with the last couple years. years. Um, and so eating clean is like I will go out of my way to go to an air because I'm like, there's nowhere else I can like get this like salmon or something like for lunch if I'm like out and about doing whatever. And I need food that is going to not make me feel more sick or whatever it is and so i go and i spend the 22 dollars on you know salmon and broccoli and like whatever it feels insane but some things have to be done but it is so sad to me that that is what it takes now to find food that is like not gonna poison you Mm -hmm. you know like our american food is so horrifying and rooted in like just them getting everyone addicted to like all of this like processed food and just red 40 or whatever you know yeah. what i mean like it's just so crazy and i also you know i was originally born in italy and like you know i have such like this european background and food is like always been the center of my household and everything and it's just it's just insane to look at the difference between America and and things like Europe, where it's like you don't have to think about how processed or poisonous your food may be when you're there because it's all normal mm-hmm. and it's all fine and it's real and you feel good when you're eating it and whatever. But then you come to America and you have to spend so much money at a place like Erwan just to feel like you <sighs> may be getting something similar to
1: that hello (laughs) that's my dog that's ali ali no um i know i agree and Uh, it i mean that's like a whole other can of worms but it's true totally and i think part of the like a lot of the content of erwan is like look how expensive this is but it's also like unfortunately if you want to eat uh grass fed you know organic humane um farmer like if you want you know what i mean if you want all of your values represented in your food choices it's gonna be expensive like that's yeah even regular food is so expensive right now even like shit a shit um mm. dozen of eggs is so expensive if you want the really good eggs like oh my god it's so expensive and it's kind of just like yeah. this shock of being like wow food's expensive it's like there's something sad and deep about that because yes. it's like it says so much more um but it's also like it's so i don't know when i see those like i made a 300 hundred dollar peanut butter and jelly from erwan it's like <sighs> and i don't know okay
0: I know exactly what you're talking about. I know. It's just yeah, like. Yeah, it's to me. Y- yeah. Like that really is like all the the jokes and memes of air side aside. Like it is representing something really dark. Like that that's that this is the lengths that people have to go to feel healthy. And because food is now a luxury, it is commodified as such.
1: Let me go crazy. Like we see
0: with a <laughs> Valenciaga collab, you know, like a designer collaborating with a grocery store is on a juice. I think they made a juice and also did the runway show. Um, There's ba- yeah, back yeah, her- to the runway. Yeah. It's just so toxic. And I think it's something that we need to be aware of. What it is is it's we- the it's the
1: collapsing of the middle class and it's like well where are you gonna land are you gonna land at the bottom or the top because there's not gonna be a middle or there's less and less of a middle yeah so it's like are you eating at Erewhon or are you delivering groceries for someone from Erewhon yeah are you the slave class or are you the master class
0: (laughs) yeah and and to the point where it's like People will use it to, like... Like, everyone in LA, like, the the culture here is everyone is convinced that they are someone, that they are at the top, whether they are or not. They're going to try to look the part, they're going to try to act the part, figure out who they know to get to the top, whatever. And so, Erewhon is another medium for mm-hmm. trying to achieve this, whether it is or is not even in their price range, whether they yeah. should be spending that money or not. It's... It's so strange in that way you know
1: yeah so okay so balenciaga so yes they i I guess they sent (laughs) they sent the (laughs) invite out they did like some kind of juice it's like a charcoal juice of some kind so it's black it's balenciaga that makes sense it's erwan they're doing the show in la which um i'm not sure why because i actually haven't had i haven't read anything about it i just kind of looked at the pictures briefly this morning um Honestly, it makes sense. Like, um, they have done a lot of collaborations with tons of low end brands. Um, it's been kind of a reverse of what you used to see where you would see like, um, H&M would collaborate with a high end brand and it would be sold to H&M, you know, at the H&M price point. And now we're seeing the opposite where like, for instance, The Balenciaga Adidas collaboration, but it sold at Balenciaga at a Balenciaga price point. Like that is
0: Mm.
1: something that I guess they invented or even like when um, Skims and and Fendi did a collab and it was sold at the Fendi price point. But it's like, who is buying $900 Skims? But yeah, anyway. um, Insanity. Power of co-branding. So... (laughs) i guess for me i'm like yeah this seems like a natural fit for balenciaga um they're still i guess recovering from the cancellation that happened i think it was around a year ago because i think it was the holiday campaign a year ago which i feel like the what happened was that there was two different campaigns and one was they had um these backpacks that were like little like teddy bear backpacks with like the teddy bears are like wearing bondage. um, And they had like children in the photo shoot, which to me is just like, why are adults wearing like teddy bear backpacks with bondage? Like it's so fucking corny and lame. (laughs) You're like, first,
0: first of all, let's start there. First of all.
1: (laughs) And then having the children. I mean, I, I really think, I don't think it was like, but I think it was just like, I really don't think it was I don't see a malicious intent with it. I really think someone was just trying to be like
0: I I just think it's like fashion people. So like it, it actually ended up getting a lot darker than that. So I, I'm not going to get into like the details of it cuz that's a whole you know sensitive topic. But there were papers on the desk. That's a second. Of the okay, so there's two things. It. That so was the first the one. campaign okay and the
1: second campaign was like, yeah in the background there were these yeah printed out documents that included these it was a court case that I believe what it was is that it's a court case that kind of said that it was basically ruling on the side of like no, you cannot depict children in pornography or something like that. but the fact that it was about horrible this and then there He's was like insane it was it was very weird and it was very like and it was not very prominent dark. it was very in the background so it's just kind of like why did that like who printed that out why did they print it out but yeah. I really don't think that like Balenciaga is like some I you know what I mean I'm like I don't know they like don't know. that's a I, pedophilic organization and they're putting it out there and this and that I'm just like I think they'd be more slick about it if that was the case. I don't know. Why would you? Maybe. I, I don't just know. think I, I have know.
0: like no trust. I have I have no trust in these brands, and I do feel like there's just some things that there's like no good explanation for. Like maybe it's not the brand itself, but like some like sick CMO who's like we're doing. I don't know. Who knows? It really is crazy. But all of that aside it really still blows my mind that everyone is like collaborating with them.
1: Like, yeah. So only
0: like a year after the fact,
1: you know? Yeah. So it's been interesting watching them, watching Balenciaga kind of like return. I really, I feel like fashion has the, is the most forgiving. Like you do not really get canceled. Oh in yeah. Fashion. It's one of the areas. that I <laughs> And I, and I kind of feel like, Doing this in Hollywood and especially doing this kind of, like, 2000s, like, trashy on purpose kind of thing, like, sort of speaks to the kind of, like, fuck it. Who cares? It's cool. You know what I mean? Like, I think in a way that, like, Hollywood in L.A. is the perfect place to, like, have a kind of, like, refresh. Yeah. Yeah, And just kind of be like, you're being so uncool. Why are you taking this so seriously? You're being so cool about it like you're so can't we just Yuck. like can't we just like go shopping you know what i mean like it, it's kind of giving <laughs> that
0: and yeah. speaking of
1: that so the actual clothes look really um i was surprised because it's very it's very much doing the kind of like paris hilton y2k there's a hot pink tracksuit, like like mm-hmm. inspired boots etc and i'm like we've been doing this for years we've now been doing that like yeah, like And (laughs) after when they when they made the apology statement, et cetera, the designer was like, "Okay, I'm gonna go back to what this brand stands for, which is making like high quality clothes." Because mm, Balenciaga is founded in I think like the 1940s and made like nipped waist. gowns like beautiful gowns and then never mm. looked the way that it looks now until it got this new designer a couple of years ago and it completely has what this designer is doing I think that he's an interesting designer and I liked his line before this but I don't think he makes sense at the brand Balenciaga at all I don't mm. I'm sure he makes them a lot of money and that makes sense but I don't think that like brand story wise I don't think it makes any sense at all Um, but, uh, yeah, this, so he had said, he's like, I'm going to go back to making like beautiful clothes and, um, quality and construction and craft (laughs) and all of that. And then it just comes out with all these like viral weird, it's like, obviously these are meant to be like, you know, stunt pieces. Like one of the pieces is an Erewhon, um, grocery bag, but it's probably made out of leather or something like that and I'm like you know what that is is kind of an iconic piece and I'm like oh I kind of love it I do kind of love it but I'm also like but it's also too obvious it's too easy and that makes me not love it um but yeah it was just overall it was just like I was like oh like the visible thongs and everything I was like I really 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 thought we were evolving past the early 2000s I really thought we were going to get more into the like later 2000, 2000. I don't know. I'm just looking for some newness. I'm bored. I'm so bored.
0: <laughs> Could not agree more. I think it's just so, so strange the whole thing. And yeah, Erwan also has been doing a lot of celebrity collaborations. And yeah. so it's just, and this Balenciaga one as well, it's, it's increasingly obvious when the content comes first, mm-hmm. the viral content comes first. Oh, we're going to be we're going to make a neon or rainbow smoothie so that people post about it on social media and it's just like yeah. I think if people are not already fatigued by this, they will be very soon because it's so inauthentic the way that we're just tailoring everything to social media and it's just like can we be real for 1 second and like see what happens?
1: You know what I mean? Like I don't know, though, because I kind of feel like the toothpaste is out of the tube. And yeah. like, I remember at that job we had together learning the phrase thumb stopper, which means like <laughs> when you're you want to create a piece of content, an image, a video, something like that, that as someone is scrolling, it causes them to stop moving their thumb and look at this thing. Mm-hmm. And the best way yeah. to do that is with bright colors or something that's shocking Or, you know, it's just something that like, that, because I think about this with fashion too, where I'm like, oh my God, like I, I, I really don't like what's popular. And I'm like, will we ever actually, like when quiet luxury kind of popped off for a second, I was like, that's not actually going to come back in a big way because it doesn't play on social media because it's quiet and social media is about loud. It is about hot fucking pink and Mm -hmm. being super naked you know what i mean like it's not about wearing like a tasteful knit
0: yeah no maybe maybe one day but not today (laughs)
1: absolutely no uh i wish there was a way on instagram that you could go look at what are the most popular posts like Mm. they should have a trending post page
0: like isn't it kind of the explore feed except it's so hyper specialized now that i like, know but i want to see that's like, because there's so much content
1: do you remember like, the there was like the yeah because i remember a couple of times there would be like kendall Je- i'd be like kendall jenner's yeah, post the hair. Is the mo- yes the most like post ever and i'm like that's cool like where can i compare like what i i'm curious like i only know what i see like what are the most like yeah. posts like what are anyway that's a that's an aside um
0: Yeah. And a perfect segue into our third topic so effortlessly is there was another article. um, It was a book review of Taylor Lorenz's new book, Chronically Online, which I have to read because that feels very true. I listened
1: to an interview with her and it sounds like really good book. Um, It sounds like she just like truly speaking She's of on dream dream guess dream guest, um she yes. it sounds like she truly <laughs> loves the internet and people and yeah like she had so much knowledge about all of these like just like niche little things that have happened that i like i i kind of remember from like things that failed you know what i mean like things that started and failed and um yeah, I was just like, oh, my God, I'm actually so glad that someone's preserving this because there's so much that gets lost mm. and collapsed, you know. So, yeah, I probably yes. won't read it, honestly, but props to her. Um, and I'll do it for us. I'll report back. Yeah. Yeah, you can one person um, book club.
0: <laughs> literally. And so the article was titled, Are Influencers Shrewd Business People or Fame Hungry Narcissists? And this is a concept that she apparently is exploring in her book because she's kind of showing the other side of what people see influencers as, you know, they're known to be these like, you know, fame hungry narcissists, but in the background, they're people who are acting extremely strategically. And this is something I have also seen firsthand, you know, as someone who like does influencing, but is also friends with a lot of content creators and spent... More time than I would have liked in that circle in LA, you know, pre-pandemic, with everyone who was just kind of, like, budding nepo baby, trying to be famous, Instagram, whatever. Mm -hmm. And it's just interesting. And I guess I'm, I'm curious your perspective as, like, a little bit removed from all of that. Like, what your thoughts are before I tangent on i guess my perspective
1: well okay this okay when i saw the headline i thought it was gonna be an article about this topic but then it turned out it was just Mm -hmm. a clickbaity um headline for the book review but i thought the way that it was phrased i was like at least it's a jumping off point so i don't think you it's dumb to phrase it like either or like that's what makes it clickbaity because it's not either or right i've also noticed um I immediately started thinking about on the more recent season of real housewives of New York, there was a woman who's like a full-time influencer and she really, part of her like storyline was she was really trying to show like how much work it is, like be an influencer. And I've noticed that a lot on um, reality shows, the more that they have these kinds of people on. And it is because you do need to like, she kind of described it. She's like, I'm kind of like a one woman, um, like advertising agency. Like I get a brief and I have to deliver. And I come up with the concept and I have to get the photographer and I need to like, you know what I mean? Like have the concept and the shoot and send them the whatever, blah, blah, blah. It's a job for sure. Um, But what motivates someone having that job is depend. like, I mean, there are some people who become influencers because they're doing something else. Like they're a chef. And they make recipes and the recipes are popular and they gain fame because of that. Or they're a model that's already their job and then they start to get brand offers because blah, blah, blah. But then there's definitely people who I think on the other side are just like, you know, they're going into it just they don't have another thing. It's like this is the thing. Mm hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I think that has been the biggest shift with this TikTok culture is that, that really like famous for no reason energy of it all, you know, yeah. and that's always been a thing, you know, people accused Kim Kardashian of that many, many moons ago. um, And now she gave people, I guess, a reason that she's famous, you know, she kind of created it through the fame, but this new era of anyone can be famous now because of these new algorithms and heightened internet addiction, etc. It really causes the people that are very kind of narcissistic, obsessed with themselves, those are the people that will succeed. Um, Mm. Because they live and breathe that. And... Something that I found to be super interesting. I also do think it is like strategic in that way, also. Um, but what I find to be an interesting <gasps> kind of <Hey>. phenomenon. <laughs> Sorry, Here the
1: <laughs> Um, go on. Uh,
0: so something I also find to be very interesting is something I've been seeing on TikTok a lot is there will be a, an influencer that people like. And I will see people being like, oh, my God, I really want to be their friend. I want to be friends with them so bad and yada, 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 whatever. But as someone who has been friends with many influencers that like post to that frequency, those people are so like not necessarily good friends because how like their first dedication is posting and being on their phone 24 7. Yeah. And, like, the relationship with the phone will always come first. And so I think people forget that like, filming a video has to happen for you to be able to see this video. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's not just, like, a hidden camera in the wall. Like, mm-hmm. there's a lot of, like, dedication and, like, this strategy that they're putting into this of, like, pouring their entire life into this. And so... It is funny when I see people forget that and want to be friends with said person, but me having, you know, that experience being like, well, I don't think you would like it very much because nothing would ever be about you. You would never talk about anything. You'd be in the middle of a conversation someone would pull out their phone to start recording themselves. Like it sounds fake, but like this is actually what happens. Like, yeah. And it's, it's very strange and it does really take a very specific person (laughs) <laughs> to do that and I think it does take like this kind of narcissism of it all um to be able to be someone that will channel everything into that but I do think there are the people you know maybe that recipe content creator energy of like they are using their platform to heighten what they're already doing in real life that I think is the healthiest version of an influencer that is like the least likely to be this kind of fame hungry narcissist of it all Mm -hmm. um but yeah the people who kind of are really in it to just be that famous energy and just posting just their life and their everyday thoughts that is i think a different level you know
1: i think like one there's a lot of like like people are lonely you know and i think that the parasocial element is huge where it's like I want to be their friend because it's like that mm-hmm. just means like I want people with these qualities like around me, you know, like whether that's that this mm-hmm. person's funny or they're stylish or they're always going to the best parties. It's like, oh, that's what I like. I see something in them and I want it for myself, you know,
0: mm-hmm. to like,
1: yeah, I mean, when I saw – um Emma Chamberlain that one night and she was just like with her friend, like look, and they were just looking at her phone together the whole time. And I was, you know, like no shade, whatever to her. But I just was like, it was the same thing as seeing the girl in the sauna with the phone where I was like, be here now, bitch. Like (laughs) you're at like a cute, you're at like a chic wine bar. You're with your friend. Like the staff is like taking really good care of you. Like you either know them or they know you, or there's something going on with you. Like, what like why even be here if you're just gonna look at your phone go home you know what i mean like of course like you look at your phone a bit but like to just be sitting in the corner booth you and you and your friend are looking at the phone together like (laughs) why are you like you could be anywhere why here why even be here yeah
0: and i think that's another element of it that i think a lot of people don't recognize also like it takes a very specific personality to be someone that wants to record their entire life on their phone. And typically those people I find to be are a lot more introverted in real life and aren't maybe the people that are like surrounded by tons of friends going to parties, wanting to just be like that life of the party. Like this is usually like, maybe the person that is more of the observer and the person that feels more comfortable in the confines of their home rather than socializing it out and that's kind of like how I felt a lot you know in my like years of content creation I would like meet people who would just really assume that I would be extremely extroverted but I'm like there's a reason why I do this is because I don't want to like I get very energetically drained like being out and like having to socialize with people and like to a huge extent, you know, and that's something I'm working on, but yeah, it's, it, it's a very lonely job and it's a very like introverted kind of thing because you don't feel like you're talking to a million people. You're literally in a room by yourself talking to your phone. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's a weird dystopian kind of thing. So yeah. I mean, I, think I noticed it is for myself, when people like, do become famous, you know?
1: The times when I've been the most active in just like posting, whether it's Twitter, Snapchat days, Instagram stories, whatever, is definitely when I'm have been lonely and I've, yes. I'm reaching out for connection. I'm trying to like put something out there so that I can get something back. I want some little hearts. I want some replies. I want my friends to see me, you know? Yes. And when I'm, busy and happy and doing stuff I'm not like recording it and I even have like maybe it also is because I'm a bit older and I have friends then who are even older and like they would never like we would never be doing something together and they'd be like let's film this what we're doing you know what I mean like they would think that's so weird and like I remember actually when you were talking about the like it's not a hidden camera in the uh wall I was thinking about this, like, video I saw of a woman, like, um, who's watching. A girl was doing one of those videos where she has, she, like, opens the fridge and she's, like, whatever. And the woman's, like, laughing her ass off because she's, like, or no, maybe it was, like, a tweet or something. But it's, like, I don't have time to put the fucking phone in the fridge to make the video. Like, what are you doing? Like, it is absurd, especially if you know a lot of life before all of this and then you see it with these eyes Mm -hmm. and you're just, like. This is weird. This is fucking weird.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and that is like the funny part of kind of like our, our age difference also is that I, Instagram was created when I was still in high school. And like, so that was like such like a formative part of my, I don't know. It (laughs) it feels like the surveillance.
1: I think I was at the end of college, like early working life when it came out
0: wow yeah yeah no like that that self-surveillance has is deeply embedded and especially like you know i'm still i'm like millennial i'm like the youngest millennial like gen z cusp mm. whatever the zoomers
1: whatever you want to call this, yeah um zillennial and
0: that's like tr- it's it's truly all we know like is is viewing your life through the lens of a phone and content and it's i,
1: I had know,
0: um strange
1: I I definitely had, and I loved, like, MySpace, LiveJournal, AIM. Like, mm. that was so fun. Like, I loved being on my parents' desktop computer and, like, looking around the web and, like, finding communities, you know what I mean? And, like, talking to my friends and putting up my away message and, like, the, like, customizing. It's, like, it's, like it was like the same idea of like how I would design my bedroom. It's like, Oh, this is going to be the music on my page. And this is going to be my top eight. And this is going to be my way message. And this is going to be my handle. And like, it was like a, a way of like self styling, like early on, you know, but it wasn't. And even though you were like, maybe because not everyone was online yet, the way that basically you assume everyone is now, It was a little bit more like, yeah, me and my friends and maybe a couple people I'm kind of meeting online know about what I'm posting and what I'm doing. But I don't expect, like, any person I meet to find me and know me and see me. And I don't remember, like, being in high school and, like, looking at my MySpace page through the eyes of other people, really. Mm -hmm. I yeah. just remember being like, I definitely like. There were definitely like I had my own influencers, like the girls who I thought were really cool. And I looked up some of them recently and like looked at those photos, and I was like, "What the fuck?" Hello. <laughs> <laughs> um, they all have like podcasts now and are like mommies, which is fabulous. I love that for them. Uh, and, uh, I yeah, but I was like very like into them I had my it girls but yeah and I I definitely like cared a lot about my page and like how it looked and like my live journal and stuff but I didn't really think that much about how other people would perceive it or look at it but that also might just be a me thing because another conversation we're going to have is inner and outer motivation and my like crazy airiness I like don't think it's weird I am very obsessed with how I appear to other people but then I also it is kind of a second thought I don't know yeah. That's a whole other thing. But I do spend and have spent a lot of fucking time in my life thinking about what impression my Instagram grid gives to mm. someone when they look at my profile.
0: Yeah. And that also goes back to the, like, is is this real life? Is it not? Like, it's such, like, the line is, like, bleeding every day. Like, it's, it's just kind of a new a new era and that is also what I am like so excited to like explore on this podcast in our future episodes because I feel like we all feel this collective feeling that something is afoot and we don't know what it is yet and like we're all just experiencing so so much in terms of online and these trends and these you know just this new culture and we don't know what to make of it. And this feels like a really fun way to document. Yeah. I feel like the rules are always
1: changing and that the rules in so many different ways that I was kind of maybe taught that the world worked is just not the way that the world works. And so now the way that I try to live is just like, I can't assume that anything's fixed, you know? Mm -hmm. And so if something doesn't sit right with me and I don't agree with it, I don't have like I can have the mental freedom to think like, well, maybe it's it might not stay like this where I used to very much just be like, well, this is the way it is. I have to fit myself into the box like but now I feel very much more like shit could just blow up and it could, you know. And Mm -hmm. I attribute that to (laughs) 9-11, the financial crash, and COVID. That all broke reality in ways where it's like, oh, what? Oh. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. And And those will be the three three themes that I will be linking everything (laughs) back to.
0: I mean, you're not wrong, you know? Like, it... And that to me has been like the most personally exciting part of like my content creation journey is realizing that like there can be a large ripple effect. Like I can make a video about an idea and it can go super viral and it becomes a, you know what I mean? Like, and that makes me feel, obviously there can be a dark part to that, but that makes me feel good in the sense that like change can happen and like also that the way that we feel is probably the way that a lot of people feel and people just aren't able to voice it or don't have the platform to voice it or whatever it may be you know so
1: I've felt really stuck for a couple of years with like writing and really frustrated and just being like what's the point why write about this thing like who cares it's so stupid blah blah blah. it's pointless like it's just a little momentary thing and very recently I realized like oh no like you put things in the world and then that bell keeps ringing. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. other people hear that and it gets into their mind. And then that goes from there. You don't know. Like it is like my friend David was talking about, um, Oh God, how do I even start this? He, I don't want to like get so deep as to what we were talking about, but we were talking about like culture and like, does is culture really like, are you, does it matter? Like, is it, is having cultural impact. Like, is that actually something like, and I was like, of course, like I was like culture is like, the idea is like bacteria, you know? Like once something is in the culture, it's in like the spores are in the air and you don't know, like it has changed the, it has changed the, I don't know. I'm trying to think of a synonym for culture, like bacteria. Like it has changed the landscape. Like once the thing is out there, I don't know. I think he was feeling kind of down about um, like cultural impact versus like making true change through like government or something like that. And I was like, no, 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 no. Mm. Like, you know, this these is everything. Matter. You know, like having like, um, I used to feel, I guess, sorry to just tangent, but like what the idea of protest. I used to feel very like, what's the point? It's not going to change anything, blah, blah, blah. And I just listened to this um, guy who's like some expert on something or other. And he was like with regards to protest in the last couple of decades. And he was saying like he showed up to a protest recently. And he's like, I know that I'm there for a glorified photo shoot. But that's what the point is. It's like you're sort of there to show like Mm. in numbers and create an image that is then in – the history books or whatever or you know then if people see like oh all these people gathered at this place like let's do our thing in this place it's not really about like Mm. our demands are going to be heard today and then we're going to make the change it's more about doing a glorified photo shoot but like that's that image goes into the culture and then that changes the atmosphere bit by bit by bit so I don't know everything counts wow
0: I love that. I think that's such like an amazing perspective on that because like it is, it is real and it's all happening. And yeah, I think that concludes this episode and we are so excited to just explore all of these concepts in the future.
1: And if you've made it this far, please, um, we love you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Rate, please rate us five stars subscribe (laughs) follow us like and subscribe tell your friends and um yeah we hope that you liked this episode it was very fun this was really fun
0: yay okay we'll see you next time Bye. bye